1: This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by Audible.com. If you would like to support this podcast and start a 30-day trial membership, visit audiblepodcast.com excuse. Season 11. Episode
2: 13. This is Writing Excuses, Q&A on idea stories with Shannon Hale.
1: Fifteen minutes long.
2: Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Brandon. I'm Mary. I'm Dan. I'm Howard. And we have longtime friend Shannon Hale, award-winning, best-selling author.
3: Hello. I'm so happy to be here.
2: Thank you so much for coming, Shannon. We're going to throw some questions at you, okay? Awesome. So the first one is from Steve. He asks, how do you keep obstacles in an idea story from feeling just like a boring lock that's waiting for the idea to unlock?
3: I think of ideas, the good ideas that turn into um, books as magnet ideas, because really you get ideas for stories all day long, any day, but certain ideas keep attracting other ones and other ones. And any book is not just one idea. It's thousands of ideas. So if it it feels live to me, then I keep thinking about it. I keep adding ideas to it, and then I know it's going to flow.
2: Excellent. I think she covered it. Anyone (laughs) else want to weigh in? That was good. Next question. All right, next question. Both Christy and Chris, no relation, um, have, uh, have a question along the lines of I have a great idea for a story, but I'm not sure how to ca- tie my character motivation to it. Any advice on how to cre- connect characters to a great idea?
1: I do. Hurrah! Um, So what I do is I I look at, uh, so you've heard me talk about the Mice Quotient a lot. uh, But basically what I do is I look at my kind of gee whiz idea, the the thing that I'm excited about. I figure out where it takes place. And then I look at my character and I decide, I go down the Mice Quotient thing. I'm like, okay, what is it about the environment that they need to get out of? What what makes them feel trapped? What is going wrong with the environment? Anything? And I just brainstorm these. And then I, I ask what questions do they have? What are they wondering about the, the place that they are and around the idea? And then I ask, what is challenging their self-definition in relationship to the the, the G Wiz idea and the environment, you know, and, and just the, the character themselves. Um, and then I ask, you know, what has gone terribly, terribly wrong? <laughs> Basically, what is the idea? How is the idea directly impacting the character? And that allows me to kind of begin cracking apart what some of their, their motivations might be. I also then figure out what they have at stake. And that allows me to figure out, you know, why it is that they need to try and succeed. And when I say what they have at stake, what they will lose if they fail at overcoming things. Yeah. If you start
3: with an idea, you, the main character should be whoever has the most to gain and the most to lose.
2: The next question, three people ask a kind of similar question, one of them being Sadie. Um, And they say, you've got an idea, but um, you're struggling to really flesh it out and dig deeply into it. Another one of them says, my biggest fear is that I will do this idea, but I won't extrapolate far enough, and the reader will just feel that it's full of untapped potential. What advice do you have for a writer? I think that if if the story you're telling
4: is good and engaging, untapped potential is a feature and not a bug. Mm. You know, that's, that's one of the hallmarks of something like Star Wars or Star Trek, is that they suggest an entire galaxy full of stories, and you're only seeing one of them. And as long as that story is good, then they'll be excited for, to read your next book.
1: I, I think that that's a yes and a no. It depends on the kind of untapped potential. True. One of the big differences between a short story and a novel is that in a short story, the readers are used to you having to leave things out. So when you do, they assume that you left it out on purpose. In a novel, when you leave things out, they frequently assume that it is because you haven't thought about it. So, for instance, in Shades of Milk and Honey, I actually thought about how glamour was going to be used in warfare. But because I don't actually show it, people assume that I have not thought about how glamour would be used in warfare and, and feel like that is an untapped potential. Yeah, I think
4: I sent you an email like that exactly when you... Send it to me. Sorry.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's fine. It's fine.
5: As we've talked, as we've talked about uh, the the element of idea, the, the subgenre of idea, uh, one of the adjectives that we use is fascinating. Um, if 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 a thing is fascinating to you, let it continue to fascinate you. Focus on it. Think about it. Let it consume you, because. Sometimes what we do is, oh, I've got a great idea, and it's going to let me give a dragon a magic sword. Well, that's awesome, but continue to be fascinated with that idea because you might end up with a monkey that gets a propeller hat. (laughs) That's
1: a great idea. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, two specific techniques, or one specific technique, to to make sure that you're really mining the idea when you're, especially when you're an early career writer, and these are are new muscles. Um, Brainstorm with a piece of paper. Just jot down thing after thing. Um, but specifically that are re- what's related to the idea, but specifically what I want you to be looking at is why is it like this and what effect does that have? And then build from that. So, you know, uh, a dragon gets a, a sword. Why does a dragon get a sword? Uh, because a witch gave it to him because a fairy gave it to him because he killed a knight and kept it. Uh, okay. So he killed a knight and kept it. What's the effect of that? Um, he has a sword. The townspeople are going to come after him. The uh, monkey is not happy because the monkey was the knight's friend. I, I don't and know. And didn't have a propeller hat. And didn't have a propeller hat. <laughs>
2: have you guys monkey ever can uh, now fly. Have you guys ever read the, uh, the picture book, The End? No. It's really fun because it starts with the end, and then it says, the, you know, the, the handsome prince and the clever princess got married, or the handsome knight and the clever princess got married because... And then you go back a page, and it shows the step that led them there. Oh, that's and great. And then it says, because it's a children's book where the fun of it is the kids saying, we're reading this book backward. That's um, great fun. But it's a really cool way of looking at story structure because it leads all the way back to the princess going shopping for lemons. Um, <laughs> and involves a dragon, and it involves all sorts of, you know, adventures, and the, you know, the knight's beard getting started on fire, um, it, and her saving his life, and then, you know, all this stuff.
1: Does it count as a spoiler if you've revealed the beginning of the story? Yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know. It might, it, it's a really clever, fun little book.
3: I would add what I'm hearing a lot in these questions is how I felt in my teens and early 20s, which is my desire to write and my ideas are bigger than my current ability. Ah, yes. And so sometimes the answer is just keep reading, keep writing, and keep living until... You develop your brain to be able to write what it is
1: that you're wanting to write. Can I can I throw one other thing? Go for it. So one other thing is when you're when you're looking at ideas and you're trying to decide which one to use, um, particularly like if you do that brainstorming thing. One thing that I think is really really important is that you trust yourself um, with an idea story in particular. we we're, we're talking about a, a sense of fascination. So don't pick the idea that you think is the best or that that is going to be the most marketable, pick the one that you are most fascinated with. Trust yourself because you are the first and most important reader of this story.
6: Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today.
0: Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, click, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
2: All right, let's go to our book of the week, which is The Goose Girl by Shannon Hale. It's a
0: good one.
2: Uh, <laughs> Shannon, will you give us like a 30 second pitch on The Goose Girl?
3: It was my first book, so it's always interesting to read debut books. And what fascinated me so much that I gave up everything to write this book, but it's based on a fairy tale, the story of. A princess who is, has an arranged marriage with a prince in another kingdom. On the way there, her lady-in-waiting betrays her. The guard betrays her. There's a massacre in the forest. She escapes. She's too far away to go home. She has to hide out, or if they find her, they'll kill her. And it's that story.
2: Now, I remember one time, and I could be remembering falsely, that you originally wrote this and submitted it as an epic fantasy. Yes. Uh, to all the adult publishers. And finally you submitted it to someone who said, maybe this would work better as a teen book.
3: Yes, it was actually I found an agent who told me it was a teen book. And when I was growing up, there were no teen books. Right, me the same. So I was reading Locust magazine, Mm -hmm. and I was studying that back to front to look for agents and editors that could uh, publish this as an adult fantasy. So I didn't know there was even that option. And then once I realized that and started reading all the YA fantasy in the library, I realized, oh, this is a
1: great home for me.
2: I've read The Goose Girl and many of Shannon's books. I love it. It's delightful.
1: Brandon. And I have listened to it in audio. Mm. I also actually reviewed it way back in the day when I was doing audio reviews and love it. It's recorded by Fullcast Audio. And you can go and pick it up at uh, audiblepodcast.com as part of a 30-day trial membership. And you can pick this up as your first book. And I have to say this is one of the best audio books I have ever heard.
3: Oh, thank you. Now, we didn't hear from Dan and Howard about what they thought. I just want to make sure we've got time. I need to do a full review. Oh,
4: well,
5: it's going to be so hard to condense it down. Right, right.
3: No, that's mm-hmm. fair. We could, yeah, we can talk later. This,
5: this book is one of the books that gives me the greatest amount of regret for not having read it yet.
3: Uh, <laughs> can I get that blurb on my cover?
5: Yes. Yes, I will, I will blurb uh, that first. Because regret that is the emotion
3: too. I'm most seeking in my audience. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right, let's go to some other questions. This is kind of a more fun one that I think it would be cool to answer. Tiffany asks, is it possible to make every idea story viable, or are there just some that you have to give up on? So have you guys ever given up on one? Um, also, do you think that every idea could be made a story?
1: Uh, I have given up on one uh, because I realized that it was deeply problematic and damaging. Mm. Ooh, good. And there was no way to write it without that being the case. I think okay. that's the best
3: reason to give up if it's going to be damaging. Um, I've never given up on one because as soon as I give my, myself permission, I will give up on all of them. Because there's always point, many points in writing a book where I feel like it's a lost clause and I have to push through it. But I don't think that's right for everybody. I have a friend, Medi Ivy Harrison who writes like 30 first drafts a year. And some of them, she says, just do not work. I write one first draft a year. So we have a different process.
5: <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I, I put a lot of things in the trunk where I realize I'm, uh, I'm not the writer I need to be. I'm not the, especially, not the illustrator I need to be in order to make this work yet. Uh, maybe someday I will be. Maybe this is actually somebody else's story to tell, which you know comes back around, I think, to what Mary said. Uh, and so, yeah, a lot of ideas... I'm not the right guy for, that does not mean that it's not a viable idea. That just means that uh, I'm, I'm going to work on something else now. I, I would suggest that uh, for most story ideas that you get,
4: if you get to the point that you think this idea is not viable, really what's going on is that you, the story you're trying to tell about that idea is flawed in some way, and that if you take it back to the beginning and, and start to think about it in, from a new direction, you
2: might find a, a way to make it work. Jeffrey asks, "How do you avoid using too many ideas at once? Is there such a thing as idea clutter in a, well, in a story?" Well, <laughs> <laughs> Brandon,
6: <laughs>
2: I'm going to defend this one. Kate, I say no.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I say would if agree, you do
4: no. it right. Like, one of my very favorite authors is Philip K Dick, and he has, you know, throw away one-line ideas that any other author would build an entire series around. You know, any given Philip K. Dick novel has more ideas in it than I can keep track of,
2: having read it three times.
1: Yeah, I I, I was joking when I said that to Brandon. I don't think that you can have too many ideas. I think you can have the wrong ideas.
2: Yeah, I can—there's uh, a couple caveats again get on this. Number one, no, I don't think you can have too many, but— you can do the whole grill in a phone booth thing, right, which I talk about, which is where your character is focused on one thing. And if you use a throwaway line, that's a really cool idea that is cooler than what the character is focused on. You risk distracting the reader from what the character would want to be interested in. And you can put too many ideas in a book that doesn't have the length to handle them all. You can also put too many ideas for your current skill level to handle When I originally tried to write The Way of Kings, there were so many ideas packed into that that it became a glorious disaster, a huge train wreck of a book. It was not a good book that taught me a lot about how to use all those ideas better. And when I wrote the book again from scratch, I got them all right and even put in more ideas, and it came together. So, but that second attempt was yes. several years later. It was. After you had learned the skills to handle it.
4: Also, mm-hmm.
5: you're not using all the ideas at once. You took no. like a thousand pages. <laughs>
1: no, no, really
5: what I did, you're, you're saying this, what I did is I said, I'm going I'm to shift some of these ideas, which is dangerous. I
2: always say to writers, put is front load your coolness. Don't save your coolness for later on. But really what that's saying is the more you write, the more you'll know how to space out your coolness in the right way. Um, the Mistborn series, we, I talked about this in a, in a, um, a panel recently as I put three magic systems in and I didn't deal with the second one in the first book or the third one in the first book. I said, first book, this magic. Second book, we'll start delving into this one third book, we'll get into that one. I could have front-loaded all of them and it would have been a worse book for it. Even though I say don't hold off you know, on your awesomeness. So it's like, it's really get used to and comfortable with using ideas.
3: But one thing I would add to that is sometimes with newer writers, I find they fear they're not going to have enough ideas, so they want to save some for later, Mm -hmm. and they get a little precious with it, and, and then there's just really not that much substance to their first book. So I would say don't save anything, you right. can always rewrite. You can always figure out pacing and if it feels right. But don't save anything for later because the truth is the more you li- live, the more you read, the more you write, the more ideas you have. You're not going to run out of ideas. Yeah.
1: And one thing that I want to add on this is that we've talked a, a couple of times about ideas that we were not yet ready to write, not yet having the skill set. It is okay to, to say, because I've done this too, to say, all right, this, this is not having the effect that I want it to have. I'm going to wait for a little bit mm-hmm. to use this particular thing. Uh, but, but you don't have to get rid of it.
2: Mm. I'm afraid that we are out of time. Oh. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sorry we didn't get to all your questions. And
1: Mary has some homework for us. All right. So last week, Nancy gave us a homework assignment in which you we were supposed to brainstorm about 20 different ideas. What I want you to do is I want you to pick your favorite of those ideas. Take that idea and then start thinking about consequences and reason. So I want you to basically look at it and go, what if and why? And I want you to work in opposite directions. So I want you to go why as far back. I want you to go back 10 steps of why. And I want you to go forward 10 steps of what if.
2: And maybe go back last year and listen to the podcast we did on brainstorming (laughs) during season 10's masterclass. Um, Thank you so much, Shannon, for joining us. My pleasure. Thank you to the audience here at Life, the Universe, and Everything. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go write.
1: Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor.